Welcome to another sparkling edition of the Thought Police with me, Mike Graham, and him, Kevin O'Sullivan. Kevin, Hello, nice to see you. Um, so, school's out, uh, school's back, I should say. Um, my kids are getting ready to go back to school. For got the their first masks time. ready, have they? Yeah, they got their masks ready. I said to, I said to their mother, I said, uh, well, do I need to get a load more masks for them? Because presumably, if you're wearing a mask every bloody day of the of the week that you go to school. You probably need more than one mask a day, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of business in masks going there on. There really will be. But, and, of course, it's going to become a fashion item for kids. It's yeah. going to set up a whole Well, you can imagine all the teenage girls are going to be wearing mask special shit. masks. My, yeah, yeah, my mask is great. And if this government must be as insane as it is about coronavirus, <laughs> please do not inflict your madness on our poor kids. These forcing children to wear masks to school when it's utterly unnecessary yeah. we know they can't get this disease uh, or at least they've got more chance of being struck by lightning yeah. than catching and even it. if they do get it it's not going to harm them yeah and even if they do get it and yeah. it does harm them a little bit it won't harm it, them very it, it, much it's, honestly making these poor kids wear these masks borders on uh, abject child cruelty yeah. these are young people in the formative years of their lives, it's going to set them, fill them with fear, anxiety, and since this country loves to moan on about mental health issues, there's going to be so many mental health problems among well, isn't it school funny, kids because of these bloody masks. But isn't it, but isn't it funny, though, that we hear about mental health all the time, all right? Mental health, but yeah. you don't hear about it now when people are actually causing anxiety yeah. for children. Yeah. Nobody's going, oh, hang on a minute, isn't this bad for their mental health? It's actually worse than that, right? And I know this firsthand because I get these interminably long emails from the school. Yeah in which they set out, you know, the plan. Yeah. Um, and apparently, here's, here's how ridiculous it is, right? <laughs> you wear the mask only in the communal areas, like the corridors, even though you're not actually mingling with anybody from outside of your year because they're keeping them all separate. Yeah. So they're going to go to break time only with their own year. They're going to go to lunchtime only with their own year. So they sit in a classroom with the same people that they pass in the corridors, but in the corridors they have to wear a mask, and in the classroom they don't have to wear a mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, saw, I saw, I don't know if you saw it yesterday on Sky, they were up in Scotland doing a report on some school in Glasgow, you know. Uh, the person, person from Sky, the reporter from Sky wearing a mask, the teacher she's interviewing wearing a mask. She then interviews about four kids all wearing masks. It's the most bizarre piece of news television I've ever Ridiculous. seen. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, Why can't you take your mask off when you're being interviewed and the interviewer is standing seven feet away from you? Also, you know, the, you know? The, so they have to wear masks in the corridors right. when they fleetingly pass each other. Yes. But when they go into an enclosed space, otherwise known as a classroom, right. they take the bloody yeah. masks off. Right. It's fucking mad. Here's the other thing, right? It doesn't make any sense. Here's the other thing, right? If you happen to be... Um, in a situation which a lot of parents are in because they work different hours. Sometimes people car share, right? So you might take your friend's kid um, over to school one day and they might take yours the next day, right? Um, apparently you can't do that even though they're in the same class because they mingle in the same class but they can't sit in the same car because they're not from the same household. So, I mean, all of these ridiculous rules, I can only assume are come up with because they're worried that somebody's going to say, oh, but what happens if they get in the same car? So you have to make a rule about which car they can go in. I mean, it's absolute bollocks. I think, I think inflicting this on children is irresponsible. Yeah. It's not good for their mental welfare. It's not good for their physical welfare. It's going to set up all sorts of problems. I think it's an absolute scandal. Mm. And it's this crazy government inflicting its own coronaphobia right. on a generation that have had a hard enough time already. They don't deserve no. this. I cannot believe they uh, Did you see John Swinney it. yesterday? You know, the Scottish education guy. Oh, yeah, he's good as well. Who I used he? to know quite well actually um, and he seems to have lost the plot altogether he actually said yesterday at the briefing 
Um, oh, I think we're going to have to accept that this is going to be what it's like to go to school for the rest of time. Ah. What? I mean, what? why would you even say that? One, you don't know if it's true. Yeah. Two, it's going to make people think, Christ alive. I mean, also, this joke about, I mean, joking aside about how many masks you're going to need, um, there was a great cartoon that somebody did uh, of this kid coming home and the parents saying, that's not the mask he went to school with. He went, oh, yeah, I swapped it with Johnny because his, <laughs> his one was better. And that's the kind of thing they'll do, right? Yeah, they'll go, oh, yeah, swapping yeah, mask games, swapping. Uh... So, I mean, it's completely and utterly nonsensical. If you're wearing a, 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 a mask which is made of material, cloth of some kind, supposedly, once you've worn it once, you've got to wash it. Right yeah. before you, so you're going to be putting it on every time you go out of the classroom. And my kids' school, right? Here's here's how fucking stupid they are. What they do is they mix the classes up. So, for example, for history, you're in that class, but for maths, because of the way they stream it, you have to go in a different class with different people, right? All in the same year. But instead of instead of changing that and just saying, look, for the moment, we'll just keep everyone in the same class. They're still allowing them to move between yeah, the classes, yeah, yeah. which means that every time they have to move class, they put the mask on. It's nonsense. It's, incre it's crazy. Did you see the papers this morning? There's a story about a, a young teacher starting his job for the mm. first time at a school. He said, I'm 23 years old. Oh, yeah. I start my career as a teacher today. <laughs> I'm scared. My pupils are scared. The conservatives oh, should hang their sake. head in shame about oh, their disgraceful... There's a, there's a surprise. It's like, I'll tell you what, mate, fuck off does and he vote a for different fucking job. Does he vote for the Labour Party? Yeah, no, 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 no. He, he's a Labour supporter. Yes, indeed. And he's got this sort of furrowed brow and yeah, his mask on his train. It's like, I don't want people, idiots like that, teaching our kids. I don't want a government like ours being in charge of our kids if this is what they're yeah. going to do to them. I cannot... I cannot stress enough how much I feel like I'm in yeah, this also, centre of a I mean, swirling listen, I mean, mass people have madness. made this argument with me, actually, and, and I don't always agree with it, but, mm. you know, the, one of the reasons people aren't coming back into work is because the government have said that if you come back into work, you have to wear a mask, you have to sit far away. Exactly. So some people think that, therefore, it must be dangerous, right? So they've now made it clear that going back to school is dangerous. So the more stupid people will go, oh, it's too dangerous, Nick, I'm not going. I don't get this. So you've got Matt Hancock saying, oh, it's going to be a second wave. Right. Don't worry about the low death right. rate and nobody It'll catching soon it. be back. Don't worry about the fact it looks like it's over. Right. Don't worry about the fact there's only 300 people in the entire country in hospital with mm. COVID at the moment. Right. Uh, but worry about this potential second wave. Boris, in his uh, briefing to the Cabinet, uh, as they regrouped today, uh, said, oh, there will be more spikes, there will be more spikes. Why don't they, instead of scaring us mm. about what might happen in the future, why don't they take the vanishingly small statistics that are around now and project them to the nation and say, no need to be scared yeah, anymore. Right. Let's get back to normal. I don't understand why they won't do that. I mean, some say it's because they're worried that they will be blamed if it all goes nah. horribly wrong. But let's see how it's it is going to go There's going to be a lot wrong. of things they're going to get blamed I mean, for. I looked at a list today of the worst countries and it's all countries in South and Central America. It's India, it's the United States, it's Mexico, it's places like El Salvador, bizarrely. And Britain comes somewhere down on the 2021, 20, I think, in but terms of the number of cases. But even most of those countries, Mike, are peaking. I mean, yeah. the, the, the United States... But they're getting it at a different time, The That's United the States is going to work out for Donald yeah. because he's going to be able to say, hey, look, I beat coronavirus I beat coronavirus, Because it's going down. Yeah. So even the countries that didn't do all that much to combat it, mm. it's going down. Yeah. Here, it's ridiculous. Today, uh, what is it, two, two dead? Yesterday, one. Last Thursday, zero. Zero, right. uh, 300 people in hospital, and you 50 also, people on respirators. I mean, like this ridiculous, ridiculous situation from the flight from Zante, right? Yeah. 
which everyone's going, oh, this is all Tui's fault because nobody was taking proper precautions on the plane. Yeah. Well, hang on a second. One, if you've got coronavirus the day after you get off a plane, that doesn't mean you caught it from the plane because it takes about two weeks, yeah, I'm told, as a gestation period, right? But suddenly here we are. We don't even know if the 16 people who tested positive, we don't know why they were tested, first of all. So did yeah. they have any symptoms? And two, are they ill? Because yeah. they might not be ill, I know, I you know. know. So now they're going to call up 237 people, yeah. and so you've got to stay indoors for t two yeah. weeks. Well, there's one woman on that plane from uh, Wales, and she was on the telly last night, and she said, uh, oh, uh, well, my family and I, and we were so worried because so many people were actually lowering their masks to talk and eat. Right. By the way, you're allowed to... You're allowed your to lower your mask to, 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 to eat, but to not eat. to talk. Uh, well, they were talking, yeah. and she said... We'd already decided to self-isolate when we get back. Well, well, you don't have to. Are you fucking mad? I know. It's crazy. Well, I think a lot of these people actually enjoy it because I've, of I do. continue yeah. to have this Drama row. Queens. I continue to have this row with the working from home brigade, who all keep doing this thing about you know you're a dinosaur, you're out of uh, you know you're out of order. But I was saying today, I read a piece uh, that was in the papers yesterday that actually working from home is detrimental to your health. Because one, you become isolated. Two, you forget how to socialise with people. Yeah. I mean, I think I remember telling you, when I first went to see my kids and their mother yeah. after having not been there for eight weeks, got down to the, to, the, to, to the house and was sitting outside in the garden and we were all just kind of staring at each other. Because <laughs> you've actually forgotten. I mean, it was only how eight to, weeks. How to interact but actually, socially. I hadn't, yeah. I hadn't inter I mean, I'd been to really? work and I'd been back home, but I hadn't really talked to that many yeah, people. That's, that's the point, Mike. It's a very good point. That, that, the social implications of a nation that works at home, a bunch of tossers right. staring at their bedroom doors right. and their Never laptops in their, in their dressing gowns. Yeah. Uh, the social oh, yeah, this is great. The social implications of that are immense. Right. And uh, we often go on about how there's a loneliness crisis yeah, in yeah. this country. Well, it's going to get a lot worse if we all work at home, mm. apart from, of course, the fact that it will be economically catastrophic. Yeah, I mean, I get the fact that a lot of people can work from home, and many of them have been doing it for years. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about this new breed who used to come to work every day, who now say, oh, well, I don't want to get on a train. Uh, why should I? You know, I don't want to go into work and have to buy a sandwich that costs six quid. Why should I when I can stay at home, see my family and have a better work-life balance? Yeah. Well, you need to do it because if you don't, you'll turn into a fucking weirdo. You will turn yeah. into a misanthrope. Yeah. You'll turn into somebody who's antisocial, who's forgotten how to be social yeah. and who actually becomes a very odd individual yeah, yeah, indeed. Absolutely, absolutely. And then, by the way, you'll get fired when yeah. your boss uh, tr uh, subcontracts your job to India. And also, what about this other bollocks, right, where today we have a survey that says, oh, yeah, um, everybody who works from home is much more productive. Well, who bollocks. says that? Bollocks. Well, if somebody asks you, right, if they ring you up from yeah, work that's right. and I say, hey, Kevin, work. are you yeah. working from home today? Great. How are you getting on? Oh, really working hard, man. Yeah. I don't think I've got this work. Well, I don't yeah. think I've got through this Hi, much work in ages. here. Are you working hard? Oh, I'm oh, really yeah. working. Let me just turn Netflix off for a moment, <laughs> you know, while I answer your questions. Yeah, exactly I mean, right. it's a joke. Of course people don't work harder at no, home. No, no That's chance. the whole point of it. They keep, they're going backwards and forwards. They've got the dog there. Yeah. They've got the fridge over there. They've got the TV over there. The kids are over there. The wife may be over there. You know, there's all sorts of distractions. Let me tell you, the only re reason bosses and big companies uh, are thinking uh, maybe we'll go along with this uh, is because they can save on their big offices the, the cost of those and they're planning down the line six months down the of course line they are. we'll fire them of all course they are. and we'll hire well, cheap labour from abroad they'll work out they don't need half of them yeah, yeah, and yeah. they'll go well actually all that we can get we've, their, their we've jobs now, done we've now abroad. discovered yeah. or, we'll, or they'll say what we're going to do is we're going to revamp your contract yeah. you won't be a member of staff anymore 
you'll be on yeah. basically a freelance yeah. contract yeah. because you don't need to be covered by us for insurance yeah. and all of that other stuff which will disappear. Yeah. Right. The tax uh, regime will change because the HMRC will get clever because they always yeah. do. They'll find a new way of taxing you from home. They'll find a new way of, of getting more money out of you. The local council will start charging you business rates because you're using your house as a business. All of that will change. But let me just, before we forget, go back to one other story about the schools. I read a story yesterday, and it's, it's down near where my kids go, Hastings. There's a school yeah. in Hastings. It's called Hastings Academy. They have actually issued guidelines to kids and to their parents about what happens when they come back to school. And uh, various things are going to be... Um, prohibited and may result in your child being excluded from school and these things include coughing on people right because you can imagine all these I, I kids that, right? Lucy, coughing no, on people no um, you know deliberately kind of disrupting or sh and or shouting in a classroom oh kids right? never do that no do they, they never do that <laughs> and best the best one of all uh, no joking in the playground I mean, can no you jokes. remember? Can you remember when you were at school? I mean, all you did in the playground basically, we used to kick around a stone or a tennis ball, right, and, and basically fight each other and 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 have a go at each other, yeah. and take the piss out of each other, yeah. and or uh, tell jokes. I yeah. mean, that's what we did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's it, called it, going it, to school. It, you know, it feeds into this sort of ever more sinister culture that we seem to be developing, and it's born of the fact that we now have a government that governs by diktat, yeah. by issuing rules. No debate. After having taken uh, the pulse of the nation, yeah, no, the well, they, yeah, but they never go to fucking parliament no. to debate, to vote on anything. Uh, you know, you were covering it on your show this morning. I did it on mine last night. The, the absolute disgrace of Jeremy Corbyn's big brother Piers yeah. uh, getting an on-the-spot fine right. for organising a demonstration yeah. that doesn't fit in with the political uh, outlook of I'm the I'm hoping they're going to the give the organisers of the Extinction Rebellion a crowd well, today. Well, no, they won't, will they? Because, because it's all about political orthodoxy. Mm. Piers Corbyn does not represent uh, what the police outlook is. The police outlook, the police likes Extinction Rebellion and Black Lives Matter, takes the knee to Black Lives Matter, dances with Extinction oh, Rebellion, you, you won't you dance cute, with Jeremy it? Corbyn, gives him an, an on-the-spot £10,000 fine, no fucking trial. No. Where did that come no, from? I know. Well, that's a disgrace. Mind you, he said he's not going to pay it, no, so let's but, see but, 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 what happens. But the fact that coppers, without any... Uh, I don't think it's enforceable. Without any jurisdiction, without ju any justice process, mm. can go up to people in the street and say, give us 10,000 quid. Yeah. That's a disgrace. But you see, they started doing this, and I pointed this out before. They started doing all this nonsense when people were driving places. Remember they had, there was a whole line of people going to Croyd or somewhere down in Devon, yeah. where the beaches are, um, during the middle of this pandemic. And they were all told that they were in violation of some rule or other. <laughs> and they were all given a sort of a, you know, a moving violation, as they would say in America. And the CPS, in the end, said, you're going to have to throw all these away because we can't work out what law they've actually yeah. broken. <laughs> so the idea that the police were... And they were all £75 fines or something. So nobody paid them, yeah. basically. And they were told, actually, there's no point in you paying them because you haven't broken any law. Yeah, when did this the, is the when thing. Did, when did the police become left-wing? I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It really is. Oh, Black Lives Matter taking the knee. Oh, they're pulling down the statue, destroying public property. That's fine. Do you know what I saw this week, Jeremy actually, which was great? One of, uh, I don't know if you know Ian Puddick, the guy who uh, he, he occasionally comes in and does gin tastings. He's a very funny hey. guy. I think he used to be a copper. Um, anyway, he put out a picture, or a friend of his put out a picture, of, um, of all these coppers digging up the drains around Nielsen's house, you know, up in Muswell Hill. Yeah. When yeah. they discovered that he'd been murdering young men for years and years and years and sticking them down the toilet. Mm. Um, but there's a picture of them, like a team shot, 
and the guys, one of the guys at the back with a big cigar, two guys in the front with shovels, <laughs> and it's like, it's real like some coppers. proper coppers going, real coppers. all right, guys, this will yeah. be great. And one I bet they were really right wing as well. The, they brought them there, they would have been. You know, this is one for the Black Museum, as they yeah, used to call yeah. I don't even know if they've got that anymore, but, you know, our good friend Tim Miles would know about that. Yeah. Um, but they used to keep all this stuff in, in Scotland Yard in this kind of secret yeah. museum, yeah. and it was all stuff like, oh, I got this, uh, got this from, uh, you know, Nielsen's yeah, house. Yeah, it's a Cricklewood, you know, I spent the night. Oh, is it there? Cricklewood, I spent the night in the flat when, oh, I was, did you? when I was a very young Fleet Street reporter right. on my first staff job, Sunday People, and Nielsen had been arrested, was in prison and all that, and uh, they asked me to, uh, and, the, and the flat, his flat of horror, his house yeah. of horror, where he boiled heads mm. and kept them right. on the shelves and stuffed bodies down right. the drain, was on sale. Uh, so I got in touch, they said, oh, go and spend a night in the house of horror. So right. I got in touch with the, um, <laughs> uh, with the estate right. agent and said, can I do They said, yeah, that'll help it sell. Yeah, right. yeah, really? great, great. So I go down there. You can imagine them. nowadays they go, oh, no, that's uh, a yeah, bit no, distasteful. They just said, great. Distasteful. So, so I go down there with a photographer about eight o'clock. I said, well, what are we going to do now? Well, let's go down the pub, have a few pints. Right. So we had about six pints, <laughs> got, back to, got back to the flat. Both went seriously unconscious till nine in the morning. And we were... <laughs> and then later on, I had to write this. Oh, I could hear noises yeah, in the yeah. night. What a terrifying night. Uh, but yeah, those were the days of the coppers. And, and what it is now is, I mean, what they should, to be serious, of course, they should police uh, demonstrations without fear or favour. And, they, and, should dem- and, they, and also they should police them all the same way. Yes, exactly. That's what right? I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, not kind of, you know, oh, you lot can do that. That's okay. Yeah. But the other Piers lot... Piers Corbyn, you do not represent the right cause. Also, well, I mean, why pick on him? You know, he wasn't yeah. the only guy that was yeah. involved in yeah, organising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't yeah. the only speaker, yeah. you know. Why can't they have given it to, um, you know, do you remember the, uh, we talked about this last week, I think, the million person march, which turned out to be only 400 people marching around Hyde Park. (laughs) They were were just 999,700. I put it out out as a tweet. The Guardian actually wrote an intro to the story uh, saying um, several hundred people yesterday uh, joined the million person, no, but they joined the million person march (laughs) in in Hyde Park. And I'm like, you can't call it the million person march. There's only a few hundred people there. Uh, Can you? No, no, no. As I said to you before, that never uh, promote your march, your demo as a million man, million mm. person march. Because even if it's really successful, you won't get a million. Somebody worked I out. Mean, if you somebody worked out if they did it with the same number of people once a week for the rest of time, it would take forty-eight yeah. years for them yeah. to reach a million. Yeah. Forty-eight years. <laughs> exactly. And if they socially, <laughs> if they socially distanced yes. on their million-person mm. march, it would start in like Hyde Park Corner and stretch down to fucking Cornwall. <laughs> I mean, I know. it's ridiculous. Unbelievable. And by the way, those demonstrations, the million-person march on, on uh, Saturday, I think, was Black Lives Matter. Uh, Sunday and Monday, uh, uh, Extinction Rebellion. Rebellion yeah. uh, what do we conclude from the turnout? Actually, people don't really care about those two things anymore. No, they don't. But I said this in the summer. I said this will be, this will this will burn out, mm. and we can forget about it because in the end, most of the people on these marches are these middle class, you know, sort of you know weekend anarchists uh, who leave mummy and daddy's house for a little while so that they can um, so that they can go and you know pretend to do something good. But basically, they've got a very short attention span. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they've all got to go back to university now, anyway. Yeah, and they and they also noted that had noted that uh, because of the coronavirus crisis, everyone has got far more pressing issues to worry about. Yeah. Will they have like a job? A, like a job. Are they going to get sick? Are they going to die? I don't mm. think you should worry too much about those things. But there you are. You know, what is the future? What is the future for the family? For the kids? They're not going to worry mm. about whether or not the fucking planet.
planet's getting cold. By the way, there's a the global warming demonstration. I think not many people turned up because it was so fucking cold. <laughs> At the end of August, yeah. yeah. But of course, you can't say that because they don't call it global warming anymore. They change it to change. climate change. change. You know, do you know, it's not just that. Just uh, and I, I love the fact as well, by the way, that that dopey woman, Kira Knightley, um, had to, they had to change that film that because she they made lied. because they lied yeah. uh, once again a bit like old um, and they, do you know what the film was called it's called why we why we should panic <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then they gave us a load of wrong statistics so actually no reason to panic it's not an emergency yeah. no because the, the human race is going to be wiped out yeah. in 10 years I mean I just don't let them on my show anymore I I just, in... people say to me do you want to get somebody from Extinction Rebellion on no nah. because they talk bollocks and they can't be reasoned with at all mm. they are completely and utterly and you they, know uh, propagandized to the yeah. point of ludicrousness and they talk uh, and they talk about so the science as if it's true yeah and they will and it isn't true exactly and they will insist on calling it an emergency yeah i have always said i'll have extinction rebellion on as long as they don't call it a climate change emergency because yeah. anything that's going to happen in 50 years time is not right. an emergency why are the tories so obsessed with climate change well do you know i asked somebody about this and uh, a fairly senior tory and he said, well, the thing is, we've got to look as if um, we can appeal to lots of different groups of Piss people. Off. And we can appeal to young people uh, by talking about climate change. And I'm like, well, I don't think so, actually, yeah, because yeah. the kind of young people that you're going to appeal to hate the Tories. Yeah. They, yeah. they love the climate change conversation. They're never going to vote Tory exactly, for at least exactly, another 10 or 15 exactly. years. Uh, memo to Grant Shapps, who, yeah. who is worse than Extinction Rebellion in terms of ruining this country in the cause <laughs> of climate change. Yeah, turning I love the, the fact place. as well that he's the one minister who, when his own department puts a quarantine on Spain, yeah. was actually in Spain. I know, I know. But he's turning, well the whole, Grant. Yeah, yeah. he's turning the whole country into a cycle path. Mm. Uh, there are terrible congestion traffic jams all over the country now. It's getting to be a complete joke because of his obsession with cycle paths and pedestrian mm. areas. Uh, as I say, who needs Extinction Rebellion when you've got Grant Shapps? Why are the Tories like this? I've got a memo to Grant Shapps. Conservative voters drive cars. Yes. Uh, and they want to drive them easily and without getting into traffic jams. Why do you think they're going to vote for you if you keep doing this shit? I know. You should have seen me trying to get out of London last Friday. I Jesus know, Christ. Because the other thing about this country, right, is people are obsessed with bank holiday weekend. You know, none of them have done anything but be on holiday for a long time. For months and months and months, they haven't done any work. And yet, it gets to bank holiday Friday and they go, oh, but go away. So they're all heading down to the coast, right? And the rain was that bad. I mean, yeah, it was horrible. It was literally, I thought, I thought I was going to need a boat to get down the M25, you know. I li you couldn't see more than about one 20 yards. Rebellion yeah. got. <laughs> what about old Banksy's boat, that ah. one? I mean, what was that all about? That kind of jumped at me out of nowhere, that story. It was in story. the med, wasn't it? Well, um, suddenly I saw this story about, I saw people tweeting about Banksy, and I'm thinking, what's all this what's about? And then I, then I discovered that Banksy has somehow commandeered some boat. And, and he put a, put a painting on the side. Put a painting and on it's the to side. help refugees. And, and it's so get, many yeah. of them. And then one on of them it, died. It sank. <laughs> and one of them died. <laughs> you're going, well, chop, top man. Yeah, well done, Banksy. Banksy. Go and draw another rat on the wall. And also, how there. is it that in Italy and Malta and all these other countries in the Mediterranean, they basically say, no, no thanks, we can't have you. And they, I mean, they didn't actually care that some of these people died. It's, uh, no, uh, I mean, you know, we should care about that sort of thing. But, you know, did you see, by the way, about talking of the mig our migrant crisis, yeah. which gets worse by the day. Uh, Pretty Patel, once again, talking the talk, but not walking the walk, turns out that over the past year, she has presided over 
the fewest number of deportations yeah. of illegal immigrants in the history of Great Britain. But you know, that's because of the down lawyers, to be fair. That's because of the lawyers. I mean, they had 24 of them on the tarmac the other yeah, but day. The Home Office lawyers are dropping cases yeah. in order to make the statistics look better. Unbelievable. Down by a third. Yeah. That's a disgrace. Well, I mean, I saw some statistics yesterday, which we talked about today on the show, um, that some of the asylum applications were made in 2006, <laughs> right? I heard you say that. And they're that. still waiting for a decision. Yeah. Wait, you're waiting a decision, what, 14 years it takes? Yeah, it's like, you, you t you, sorry, you, sorry you, you, t you arrive in Britain you go, and they go, sorry, you're an illegal immigrant, you can't come in. Oh, I claim political asylum. Oh, well, come okay, in then. then. Have, have a, 20 years. Have a room, have a room here know? in the Britannia Hotel. By the way, have they cleared out that hotel in Pretty's constituency? Yes. Oh, yeah, but nobody so knows where, where they've the, gone. Where have they gone? Well, funny enough, I got a call today from a woman in Chelmsford, and she was asking that question to her local MP. Yeah. You know, have we now got them somewhere in our constituency? Nobody, the trouble is nobody knows. What? They're not telling anybody anything because they're trying to make out, like, if we just keep stum. It'll all go away. Wow. I'm sure that that is their policy, that they just think, look, this is going to fascinate the media for a little while. And they're right yeah. about the mainstream media because they did it for a week yeah. and now they don't want it anymore. But we're going to keep doing it because we believe that but people actually care about it. Yeah, it doesn't half smack of pretty thinking this is an embarrassment in my own constituency. Well, I'll get that. I'll get my own backyard sorted yeah. out and the rest of the country can go fuck itself. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, well the worst place to be is, is the northwest of England where yeah. they're getting many, many more uh, migrants than any part of the rest of the country. But I'll tell you what we should also talk about before uh, we run out of time. Is your BBC, well, your, of course, one of yeah, your favourite... Tim uh, Davey takes over this week as Director General. Uh, he's not that different from the last Director General. Well, really. yeah, public school, educated, middle class, mm. white, went to Oxbridge. Yeah. Uh, all that sort of stuff. That's a prerequisite. In, in the diverse BBC, yes. uh, the Director General has to be male, middle class, white, public school, educated, and an Oxbridge. Bridge graduates. Yes, but that's they have to, make, they have to make an awful lot of, but they have to make style. an awful lot of noise about hiring lots yeah. of other people from very diverse backgrounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred million quid right. they're spending of our money yeah, on yeah. that crap. But of course, um, and now they've worked out that there's a perception. Uh, that they might be a bit left-wing. Perception? Right. No, 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 it's not perception, Tim. You are a bit left-wing. <laughs> but here's the thing. Instead of going, maybe we should make the news a bit more balanced, they're going to kill off the left-wing comedy shows. Tim Davey, Tim Davey, it's easy. It's easy. If he really wants to make his mark, uh, and there's an indication that he's considering this, reinstate the lyrics of Royal Britannia and Land of Hope and Glory at the last night of the proms. Simple. Yeah. Do that, Tim, and we'll believe that we've got the right man in charge of that disastrous organization yeah. at long last also the last listen, guy was hopeless also as crappy as the as the left-wing comedy shows are it's really totally the wrong approach to just get rid of stuff you know like as if oh i know uh, the best way to deal with this is to get rid of it yeah well how about you actually put somebody who maybe is the host of how i got news for you who's a bit less left left of bloody, you know, Fidel Castro. I've got an idea. And right. let's see if that makes a difference. Right, let's do the the, uh, the Mike Graham and Kevin O'Sullivan comedy show yeah. for the BBC, and we'll kick off with uh, Tim's new policy. Going, hey, Remainers, what a bunch of loser wankers. Yeah, absolutely right, yeah. <laughs> let's all have a good laugh at how ridiculous they are. But, I mean, there's plenty Brexit of comedy material. Racist. I mean, ah. you know, I mean, I, there's plenty of comedy material in the woke um, uh, people taking the piss out of Adele yeah. uh, because she's got the different hairstyle uh, and she's yeah. somehow culturally yeah, the misappropriated. Thing, the thing is, here's the thing about comedy. Uh, everybody involved in comedy who really knows about it knows this. 
it, it's left wingers. It's hard to be funny when you're being left wing. Yeah. Because you've got to be inclusive. Right. You've got, you've got to try to not offend the right people. If you're right wing, uh, it's quite easy to be funny because you don't give a fuck and exactly. you offend anyway. And also, comedy you're is a dirty business. Comedy is meant to be offensive. There's not much point. Yeah. I mean, Billy Connolly, one of the great masters of comedy, was was funny no matter what he said, no matter what he did, yeah. because he didn't care. Yeah, what Com anybody thought. Exactly right. Comedy is a dirty business and it must take no prisoners. Yeah. If you're left wing and liberal and inclusive, then there's all these areas you don't want to go, you don't want to offend people. Uh, if you're right wing, you don't give a shit right. and you can be funny. Uh, Do you so remember a guy called, I talked about this today as well, Sam Kinison, uh, back in the 80s. You might have, yeah, you might yeah, have seen yeah, him, yeah, the American. Yeah, he used yeah, to yeah, wear American. a big long yeah, raincoat yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was a pig basically. But he was very funny. Yeah. And he died in a car crash driving somewhere between LA and, and Las yeah. Vegas on that strip of road that you've probably been on. Yeah. Um, but he used to tell jokes about Ethiopia and the famine, you know, and he was funny. <laughs> he was hilarious. He would say things like, you know, you know, if you're filming these fucking kids, why do you give them a sandwich? And all this, you know, he's like, somebody could give them some food. Don't just film them, give them some food. And it was very funny. Yeah. And of course, now people would, you know, I told this to Dave Chawner, who's one of our yeah, guys. Know, know and he was looking, I could see him looking at the camera like going, oh my God. Yeah, well, you, you see, know. But you see but Dave's a lovely guy, but, but he's got all these areas that he won't go into. And therefore, he's never going to be supreme in his chosen profession. Yeah. Let's, let's say Donald his, Trump's an idiot. Because, <laughs> of, because of the sacred cows, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's right, you know. But what about a comedian who takes the piss out and of the, Joe de Biden. the Democrats and Joe Biden, who's got advanced dementia, right. uh, instead of uh, Donald Trump, who's clearly going to piss on him come November? Oh, the totally, elections. yeah. Well, I mean, they, I love this thing where even ordinary news channels are now referring to Biden coming out of his basement, which is something that Trump actually started. And he's now he's now comes out of his every time he comes out to say anything, he's coming out of his basement. He's, you know, uh, he, he, I don't think he stands a chance. And interestingly, after Donald Trump's excellent acceptance speech, it was good, uh, overlong but excellent, full of good sound bites yeah. and a real spectacle outside the White House. Well, I mean, House. that's the great key, isn't Fly it? You overs, do it, you fireworks. Do it with, he's you a know, showman. Listen, I'm I'm already at the White House. I'm already doing the job. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He's, he's a showman. It was a great speech. Uh, and uh, up against him is this bumbling old dementia sufferer. Right. Uh, he hasn't got a chance, right. so he's going to screw up between With now a and woman, another. Kamala Harris, who, by the way, I saw a video well, of her the hates. other day, um, who not only hates Biden yeah. because she said he was useless yeah, in the debate, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And called him a racist, I think, yes. as well. Um, she's also been uh, filmed saying that the violence won't stop and it shouldn't stop in the cities of America <laughs> until things change. Look. And it will go on, she says up until the election, and it will go on after the election. So yeah. this is a woman who's actually encouraging these people. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Donald Trump, his slogan is, law and order yeah. and make America greater. Yeah. It's going to win. I know. It's going there's, to there's win. Nothing, there's nothing for it. Are you looking forward to Prime Minister's questions this week? The old uh, the forensic yeah, well, Sakir yeah, Starmer. Yeah, yeah, Keir will be forensic. Sakir. Loyally. <laughs> he'll be very, like the barrister he is, he'll be very forensic. Very quiet, clever, brilliant. Yes. As read in The Guardian. As read in The, the Guardian. BBC and, will and, hail and him, yeah. They used to do it in private. I did They copyright all newspapers yeah, because yeah. everybody thinks he's brilliant. Yeah. But he's not brilliant. No, he's not. Uh, and I you mean, can see the sort of, you know, them lapping it up, this idea that there's a poll out now where they're neck well, they're and neck. Ne only Who neck cares? And neck? Only it doesn't matter. I would say that, that uh, I mean, you know, 
you and I both were hoping that Boris and his government would do well. But after the catastrophic four or five months we've just been through, the fact that Labour can only just about manage to get <laughs> level in the polls, that is pathetic. It really is. It's pathetic. And I would imagine, right, if you did the proper sort of polling that we would do in the old days when, new, when newspapers were decent, and you took a picture of Keir Starmer onto the street of somewhere like Blackburn, nobody would know who he is. No. Not because Blackburn people are particularly ignorant, but just because he hasn't got one of those faces that people recognise. They go, yeah, I think, I, I think I've seen that guy before, but I can't place him. Well, Bor know. Boris has got two things going for him in the electoral sense, which is why everyone says he's brilliant at campaigning and brilliant in elections and votes. It's that he, uh, he's got charisma, there's no doubt about it, and he's flamboyant. Yeah. Uh, two things that Keir Starmer absolutely fucking hasn't got. No. He's not charismatic and he's absolutely not flamboyant and that will cost him dear. And even if you describe Boris as being a little bit kind of woolly on some issues, Starmer's woolly on everything. <laughs> I mean, he literally makes no decisions yeah. about anything. He can't, he still hasn't said whether uh, kids... He's a man should, of few words. Yeah, a man of few words. <laughs> you know, uh, my dad would describe him as started bad and fell away. Yeah. You know, yeah. he starts out sort of making make it on, then suddenly corrects himself and realises that he might have upset someone. So he basically agrees with everybody. Yeah. And no. that's his policy. No, it, it, he's... He's going to have to up his game if he really wants to be a decent opposition. Mm. Uh, he's got to uh, be more than like a lawyer. Uh, and uh, he's got to stop being satisfied that The Guardian said he was brilliant at PMQs when the ordinary people of this country are not really even yeah. noticing. Well, he seems to be happy with the I'm better than Jeremy Corbyn tack. <laughs> You know, which, of course, anybody who's got half a brain would be better than Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah. By the way, you know, we have those polls yeah, yeah. Uh, on, uh, on talk radio, yeah, yeah. you know, that should... should Piers Corbyn have been arrested. Right. I was thinking of doing one tonight for my show. Uh, uh, who's the best-looking Corbyn, Piers or Jeremy? <laughs> I think it's I think it's Piers. Well, I he's mean, better-looking than Jeremy. Probably he? slightly better-looking, slightly older. He's also more fun because yeah. old Jeremy is so grumpy. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember when he came out of the, the house that final time <laughs> and gets in the ca in the cab and slams the door so hard <laughs> that the cab door was going to come off? And you go, mate, don't take your life so seriously, for God's sake. But this yeah. is the trouble with lefties. They have no sense of humour. They can't uh, actually laugh at themselves. Uh, they look at you and me and think, two pair of evil Tories. Yeah. Even though I've never voted Tory in my life, by Nor the way. Nor have I. And neither of you. Um, but, you know, they just everything's so serious all the time and it's just so terrible. And yeah. how can you possibly be laughing when the world is in such a terrible state? There are people dying, yeah. you know, all over the world, are starving. Yeah. You know, and I'm all sorry. That shit, that, uh, you know, we go on about it, but all that shit shows no common sense at all. So the reason you and me get called right wing Tories mm. uh, is because I think we talk common sense and we just say don't give us this woke also land, by the way childish I don't think you have to say you are one of the harshest critics of this government yeah you know as far as I know even on the whole yeah. radio station yeah. on talk radio yeah. but all we get from some of these lefties on uh, Twitter and social media oh, these two just say the same thing and agree with each yeah, other you Tory. well I mean we happen not to disagree on very much but I don't agree with you that we should be giving the government such a hard time but I'm not going to bicker with you about it because I can't disagree with a lot of the points. But the point is, you are a very strong critic of this government, which if you They're were not right -wing a Tory wanker, <laughs> well, exactly. If you were, if you were some kind of Tory wanker, you wouldn't be doing I mean, to, to be serious on this point, I want them to be a conservative government. I want them to be Tories. Uh, well, take a leaf out of Trump's book. You want them to be tough on law and order, tough on immigration, yeah. tough on, um, exactly. uh, on, on scroungers, yeah. and make sure that the people who actually work for a living uh, are looked after. And by the way, so that simple. By the way, Trump, uh, because of the American system, has a very 
hard road to travel because mm. of the Senate and the Congress. And, and you, you, you know, the president is a pretty powerless individual, actually, politi politically. Yeah. Uh, Boris and his government have got a 79-seat majority. Why don't they start acting like a conservative government? And when he makes his fucking speech about, re the, you know, for the uh, reassembling of parliament and says, this, my, my administration will, will, we will preside over a green industrial re revolution. Yeah. Piss off with your green, no. green, green. I know. You know, we have, I don't care about this green stuff. I want this country to get back on its feet. Don't talk to me about climate change. We've got more important things to worry about. I can't uh, stress enough how disappointed I am with this government over its obsession with climate change. It, it, you know, I know, it's, it's ridiculous. It's nonsense. They're not hippies, they're, they're Tories. I know, it's absolute madness. Very good point on which to end, though. Bloody Tories. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, for those of you who think that all we do is support them, yeah. well, there you have it. Bloody Tories. Bloody Tories. Tories. We'll see you next week. <laughs>